Hello, hello, hello. It is episode six of the JR Show podcast and a very special treat for you today. The living legend, Matthew West, is my guest. got a question for Matthew I've been sitting on for a little while. If there was a Christian faith-based music softball team, who would Matthew West draft first? We're also going to put Matthew in front of the piano for tickling the ivories, so stick around for that. Let's get to it. It is episode six with Mr. Matthew West. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together unless you're driving for Matthew West. I've got a sound effect. We don't. Is there going to be real applause? Would you like uh, like conference room applause? Would you like stadium roar? I can put anything in here. Uh, Golf you know, clap. I I like sarcastic clapping. It's like <laughs> with an extended delay. It reminds me of my first two hundred concerts when <laughs> nobody was there except for the you know annoying yeah. waiter who thought they would just sarcastically clap from the kitchen. Yeah. That's a true story. That happened. I told a story about you yesterday with a fellow artist. Not fellow. <laughs> Me and them. Fellow artists. <laughs> You're an artist. Uh, yeah. Of other things. So you're but, talking about me? Uh, yeah, because we were talking. Oh, we were talking about a piano that we have in the studio. That's okay. actually was Lauren Daigle's piano. Wow. Is. And, uh, and we were talking Grammys. And then we got to talking about your wife and how for years one of the most successful faith-based artists in history, Matthew West, kept getting snubbed on Dove Awards. <laughs> and then his wife swoops in and wins a packaging Dove Award yeah, before won. you. Yeah. As like a wardrobe stylist. Yeah. That was the only Dove in our house for many years. It was a, you know, I mean, it almost ended our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, at that point, does Emily go, can we put this somewhere nice on the mantle? And you're like, <laughs> like no. Nope, stays on top of the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> which is where... What, the toilet? In the bathroom. Ian Eskelin won a Dove Award for Me and Jesus, which won Song of the Year about 13 years ago. And I was at his house one day, and I went in to go to the bathroom. Dove Award. And the Dove Award for Me and Jesus, Song of the Year, is on the top of the toilet. (laughs) On the top of the toilet. (laughs) Which I can see your wife's Dove Award. Yeah. Well, to me, it was was such... um, I was trying to be happy for her, but the reality remained that that album... So... The music itself did not get awarded. The design of the cover got yeah. awarded. So, I mean, you know, they always say it's like it's not it's not how you look in the uniforms. It's yeah. how you play the game. It's like this. In this case, that was not true. That yeah. I literally got applauded for the, the uniform, for yeah. the outfit, <laughs> but not the music that I poured my heart into. So, But they liked my pants that she picked out okay. for me. So that, you know, she used to work at a record label, and that was kind of in the artist development. So she would coordinate the photo shoots. And so she deserved that Dove Award. And even to, you know what? It wasn't until, was it last year that I won like a real, won my own Dove Award for real. I remember reading that going, good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you want to hear a funny story? This is how like somehow the Lord every day keeps me humble. But I was on my way to the Dove Awards. This was the first time even, and I think I had been nominated, I was nominated for Songwriter of the Year. Which for me as a songwriter, like that's yeah. maybe my favorite category to be like, I don't know why. There's just something about like the songwriting related categories. And we were on our way to the Dove Awards and I start getting text messages from people saying, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm driving to the Dove Awards. They're like, you just won. You're not here to give your speech. I'm like, 
What do you mean I just won? So you finally get Nobody one. Nobody told me they were giving it out before I showed up. And so I finally win one. And I couldn't even give a speech. And you're stuck in traffic. So I'm sitting there with my wife. And I'm like, well, honey, I have so many people to thank. <laughs> so there you go. That's it. And, oh, I'm hearing the music. But the Lord must have known that I was going to just yeah. enjoy that moment too much. Yeah, right, right, right. Kirk Franklin once said, backstage at the Dove Awards... Uh, he just won a bunch again and he's like, I don't really do this thing because I don't like what I see in myself when I win and I don't want to like when I see Ooh, in myself when I lose. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. funny. I was having a conversation last night with a friend like who we do similar things like entertain people, things like, you know, but we were talking about like how hard it is just to how refreshing it would be to be honest, whether it's like a mega church pastor or an artist to go like, look, we always talk about like, oh man, I'm going to minister to people and I'm going to do these things, but just be honest. Like it feels good when you're on stage yeah. and people are applauding you. Right. And when you don't feel that it's an adjustment. Yeah. And so like a lot of times pastors or it's like, we, we always try to like cover over what we do and make sure that everybody knows it has this higher purpose or higher calling. Yeah. And it does, but our flesh still like, <laughs> yeah. we like crave applause. And when we don't get it, we feel like failures. And that's at the core of who we are is when we realize, Oh, wait a minute. Why do I need that award? Yeah. Like, why does that matter to me? Like, Lord, can you help rid that part of yeah. me and make me more like you to where I don't really care about the applause? You yeah. Know? But that's the truth. I mean, if I'm being honest, it's like, gosh, the funny thing about those awards is like the whole time leading up to the awards, this doesn't matter. This is lame. Yeah. It's not what it's about. Then the moment when they're getting to your category, yeah. truth be told, yeah. not to throw in my own song, but the truth is in the moment when they get to your category, your hands start sweating yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, this could actually happen. This yeah. is a big deal. Right. And then when they don't call your name, oh, it was never a big deal. Right. The awards are stupid. Or, <laughs> or internally you're going... This has just fired me up. Wait till my next uh, Oh, yeah. Like, I am going to be, they're going to regret. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll show them next yeah. time. I'm going to keep working. And it's just like, and all of it is just kind of, the bottom line is that I, I can go off in the wrong direction in my yeah. thought process, regardless of what happens to right. me. Something good happens to me, I can mess that up. Yeah. Something bad happens to me, I can get sideways on that. It's it, just It's an ugly part of the human condition, but at the same time, it's also what makes you great. At what you do because that drive. It, it's a it's a bit of gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like even during quarantine, JR, it was like you would have thought my career had not come to a complete standstill in the way that I conducted my schedule. Like it was yeah. all of us artists, like everything stopped. Mm -hmm. But my schedule over those months, I had it so filled with things. And finally one day I just stopped and I was like, What am I doing? Yeah. Like what am I it was almost like this. I was craving this desire to be like needed or right. sought after. And it was just, and then I was building out this calendar of things that just were like, yeah. what is happening here? Like, just stop. Is that when you second. started bathing in the pool? <laughs> That's another story. I, I was, I was so overworked that I didn't have time for a proper shower. Yeah. So I did. I, you know what? I bared my soul to you before we got on the mic and now you bring that up. All I was trying to say is that you should be you should feel special because I wore pants to this interview. Thank you. It's one of my few times out of my house. And showered in a and in I an showered in a shower instead yeah. of a pool shower. Yeah. You know, every middle school kid, that's their dream oh, yeah. shower. It's like, oh, I'll just rinse oh, off in the pool. It's a shower, it's a bathroom, it's everything. <laughs> oh, wait, do I need to edit that? <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. 
and uh, the album came out on Valentine's Day, almost as if it was a, hey, there's a pandemic about to come, and you need these songs. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, but let's go into one of them right here, God Who Stays. I know that you take stories from our listeners and, and build them into uh, songs that help people's faith and journey. Um, God Who Stays, um, I I'm not sure if I've actually asked you about this one. Can you walk us I thought you were going to say, I'm not sure if I've actually listened yeah. to this one. <laughs> is it any good? Let's play it. Uh, you know, what's funny is, um, it, it's not funny, but this this song is very first person. And yet at the same time, it captures a lot of the stories that I collect. Uh, in fact, I was doing an online performance because that's all I do now. Uh, is it, somebody, a comment came across the screen and it literally just said, I was like, hey, send your questions in. And the question was, is God done with me? Mm. And it was jarring to me. And really, that's the heartbeat of this song is a resounding no to right. that question is, is God done with you? No. And throughout scripture, God's trying to teach us, there's nothing that you can do that can separate you from my love. And yet our minds, it's just like we were talking about with the awards and stuff and how we can just, we start seeing a different movie play out. And the movie that I see in my head too many times is God's ashamed of me because I'm ashamed of myself. God's disgusted with me because I'm disgusted with myself. God's disappointed in me because I keep screwing up and I keep messing around the same mistakes. And so this song was really, I would say, a song that I needed as much as I hope somebody else needs it. And what's crazy is then we were ushered into this season of social distancing and it just hit me one night. I was playing this song on a live broadcast and I was like, here we are having to learn what the phrase social distancing means. We're living life six feet apart from each other. And I just felt like the Lord was reminding me, isn't it good to know that you never have to experience spiritual distancing? And if you ever do, God's not the reason. We're the reason. We're the ones who wander. He's the one who pursues. That's the story of grace. And so that's really the heartbeat of this song. And it's taken on a new meaning for me in light of what's happened in our country. But you're right. I should have called my album uh, A Pandemic Approaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, this winter, um, Matthew West album came out. But I want to hit you with this one. I had n We've done, I think, in 15 years of doing faith-based interviews, and I've done probably a thousand if I'm doing the math. Uh, you have been, inter I've interviewed more than almost anybody. You and Toby, maybe Jason, a building 429, just because where I lived when I started. Sure. But I'm, I had no clue. I obviously knew you were a Cubs fan. We talked about that, but didn't know you were the captain of your baseball team and you were potentially <laughs> going for a scholarship. I was, yeah. I thought Jeremy Camp took the market on, I'm an athlete, now I'm an artist. Shoot. I had no, no clue. He's you all were arms, man. <laughs> he couldn't throw a baseball with those... <laughs> You gotta have you, you know you gotta have some more mobility. Yeah, he does too many push-ups. Well, Tom, this is my question: Is Tomlin was also you know it was either music or he was a, a second baseman, and he was going to go that route. So you are in my mind yeah. in the faith-based format. Tomlin and, and Matthew West, the two baseball players that could have had a shot. Yeah, and probably me more than Tomlin. Let's just be right. Honest. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried about. I'm going to throw shade at Tomlin well, every chance I get. Yeah. And now that I see him, I see him from time to time, and I'm actually going to text him and say, "Hey, I heard heard you wanted to play baseball. Let's go do a little home run derby. Yeah. See who still got it." Well, who, if you and Tomlin were doing a, a Christian music, a fantasy baseball draft, and you have the whole playlist to choose from? and you get first pick before Tomlin, who would you put on your team? If it was a, a faith-based celebrity, let's have a real game here, who would you take? 
Boy, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of who who would be. See, I just threw Jeremy Camp under the bus, but now maybe I need <laughs> him on my him. team. Because <laughs> I know he could at least run the bases. Yeah. Like, he's in good well, shape. Well, you said he was all arms, so he's, I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Well, he could run him on his hands. Yeah. Actually, now I'm that's saying That's a good that. question. I don't. I don't know who I would take. I'm trying to think of who are some of the most athletic. Yeah. Who would we put in that category? Toby is. To, you well, know, Toby. Yeah. But he's more of a basketball player. Yeah. And golf. Um, Charles might know. Charles, who from our label. Are, yeah, let's only mention Provident artists. Yeah, from Provident. <laughs> yeah, we can only mention. Yeah. You know, you maybe would take one of those church teams. Oh, yeah. Like you might take Elevation or something like that because. Yeah. They have so many. Chances are there's one good ball player in there. Yeah. And if nothing else, you got like a strong bench. You got to rule out the Hillsongs. They don't know what baseball is. No, Austra- the cricket. If we were playing cricket, yeah. we'd probably hire Hillsong. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. A, that's a tough call. You may just be clean up on this team. I might be the dude. Yeah. So grab Jeremy quick because I don't think there's a good second <laughs> answer to this question. <laughs> have you ever done like church softball teams? Oh, yeah. I'm, see, I would like that. I think I would enjoy. Is it not uh, fun? Let's just say the best in me did not come out. Oh, you, I, you temper give. I will tell this story, and I'm going to regret it. Uh-oh. But it was a church league softball game. Obviously, people start to recognize me because of social media and tattoos. Somebody blew his witness. Well, yes. I almost got to a fight with a guy on the other team. We started jawing back and forth, and it was not my finest moment. No. And uh, we were where? well. Wait, was he in the wrong? Uh, was there cheating? Or? He threw a shot at me. I was playing third base, and he was on his bench, and he and I started jawing from across the way. Like, And this is the church softball league, by the church way. Church softball league. Fantastic. I love this story already. Uh, which you think, boy, I'm really disrespecting my church by some of the things I was saying to this guy. That they, wasn't, was, were they like Mormon or something? Uh, no. no. I'm just kidding. And kidding. that was not the worst of it. The worst of it was an inning later, I was on second. Somebody doubled me in, so... I'm rounding third, yeah. and I had to stop at third, and the third base coach comes over and <laughs> patted me on the butt and says, I love your show, man. <gasps> <gasps> that's the worst. And I was instantly recalling the things I was shouting. Oh, that's the earlier. worst. That's the worst. Okay, so I don't want you to feel terrible, so I can tell you. Do you want me to tell you a yes, story please. when I absolutely blew it? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I came home. To uh, not far from here, where we just moved recently, but I came home, drove into our neighborhood after a meeting, and I pull around to the front of my house for whatever reason. And there's this lady in the front, uh, in her front lawn across the street, screaming, "Help me! Help me! Somebody! A man just stole packages from my front doorstep!" And I was like, "Ma'am, I'll, I'll help you." And I just like stepped into freedom fighter yeah. mode, and and I'm like, "Where'd he go? He went that way. He's in a U-Haul truck." And he's posed as a UPS man, and he stole my packages, and she's freaking out. So I start driving around the neighborhood. What am I going to do, right? So I see the UPS truck, and I pull my car around. It was I'm sorry. It was a U-Haul truck with a UPS driver. I pull my car and block the road so that he couldn't go around me. And I, like, confront this UPS. I'm like, hey, can I see some ID? He's like, what's the problem? I'm like, hey. I think you're stealing. What are those packages? 
you know, why are you dressed as a UPS man? He's like, because I am a UPS. He's like, I'm a supervisor. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Well, show me some ID. He's like, I don't have to show you some ID. <laughs> don't the brown shorts? So, oh, dude, had the full outfit. And yet, because he was in the U-Haul yeah. truck, I was like, something's fishy here. So it turns into this whole, the police come, the whole deal. I step away. And I call my wife. I'm like, you're not going to believe it. I just stopped this guy from stealing. And he was stealing packages from people's doorstep. And my wife's like, wait, what did he look like? And she's getting her hair done, by the way, at the moment. And uh, I was like, well, he was like like six feet tall. He had brown hair. And she goes, um, she's repeating these details to her hairdresser. Yeah. It's her hairdresser's husband. <laughs> And he really is a UPS supervisor. And I called the cops on him trying to think I was doing the right thing. And they listened to my music. And I'm like, my wife was like, you are an idiot. <laughs> I was like, honey, I thought I was helping a little lady who lost her packages. Turns out I totally blew it. And then I ran into the guy one day and I was like, hey, hey what's up? Well, <laughs> it was the worst. You want some backstage passes or something? Oh, man. Yeah. And so ever since then, my wife calls me a freedom fighter because... <laughs> I thought I was just like one of the Avengers, like yeah. standing up to the injustices of the world. That's great. That's so you're great. not alone, dude. We, we let our emotions get the best of us. Oh, we're yeah. human. Yep. If anything, if anything's taken away from this interview, let it be that we're human. We're human. Okay. Uh, tech update from the Matthew West home. Uh, last interview you, you and I did, I think you guys were more hardcore than we were, and I instantly went home to my wife and I'm like, yeah, Matthew West and his wife, they don't let their daughters go on this or this, or they take the phone away at nine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember having this massive amount of yeah. guilt. So it's been two years. What is the latest in regards to the amount of foot down? Well, you know, they've gotten older yeah. too. So uh, the, the phones don't live in their rooms. The computers, the iPads, they all have a landing spot downstairs right. at the end of the night. Um, during quarantine, we were way more relaxed on the amount of screen time. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it, here's the hard part is I've seen the upside of like the the good parts of there's some really good parts of technology. Like yeah. my daughter teaching herself to play ukulele from YouTube videos. Oh. Right. My youngest daughter starting a sticker business. You know, and then those are kind of some of the fun things, but yeah. we try not to let it dominate their time. Right. And and we're watching. We'll go through their phones um, a couple times a week yeah. and read through what's happening through the messages. And there's been a couple times where we've had to say, like, "Hey, you know, why'd you post that picture? Like, that's here's why that picture's not. You yeah. know, it's not totally inappropriate, but like, come on, like, let's yeah. make sure we're doing this. So we're trying to like navigate while not being like we don't want our kids to wind up rebelling against us we want there to be an open dialogue but it's a challenge yeah. man have you guys oh check out this challenge when my now 17 year old was 15 and she was just dabbling in getting into something the only thing we would let her on is you version bible app so she she got like 300 <laughs> he's the fun dad <laughs> <laughs> she, got, she had like 300 people following her on you version so i had to yell a discipline my child she was actually doing a bible study but it was with all strangers oh, it was geez. 300 people that was like a moral dilemma like yeah. you are leading a bible study to 300 people you don't know and i've got to come down on you and say hey would you give these people a hug if you saw them at church if not 
they are not your follower. Oh wow! You yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say you yelled at you version. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so so that's funny. So like the whole follower thing, any platform you have, it is tough. It's like yeah. And I think as parents, if I could say anything to uh, to any parents listening, it's like. I always hold myself to this level of like, I expect perfection from myself on all fronts, Mm -hmm. which is just not a way to live. And I ask the Lord to help me on that all the time. But as a parent, it seems like it's times a thousand. The expectation on my wife and I that we place on ourselves to be perfect and have it perfectly figured out. And the reality is it's like, we don't. So we're trying to do it with the best of our abilities. And it's just a challenge to figure that out and make sure that there's not I mean, there's there's people online that are, you know, with the worst of intentions. And we've tried to, like, I'll say one thing, JR, is, like, we don't sugarcoat, like, the why. When we say no to something, like, we let them know, like, here's what some of these people are attempting to do yeah. or will attempt to do. And here's an example of what happened with a friend's daughter or something like that yeah. where they got into a scary situation because they believed somebody was... Uh, who they weren't, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just trying to be real with our kids, the older they get, isn't it interesting? The kind of conversations you have with oh. your kids and it's like, you're talking to a little adult and they know yeah. a lot more than we think they do. And I know less than I thought I did. Oh yeah. At the yeah. same time. It's just... I was going to mention that about you. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Let's go into truth be told. Can you walk us up? Truth be told. It's funny though. The album, I thought like, what a great idea. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new decade. Yeah. I'm going to call my album brand new, right? Yeah. It's like both for the, the symbolism of the what the record means, what it stands for, but even just like, man, pretty smart marketing right. idea. And then uh, turn on a dime and 2020 feels like the oldest year right. in history. <laughs> I saw a social media post that said, we regret to inform you 2020 has been officially canceled. Yeah. We're moving straight to 2021. But It uh, may never be spoken again. Yeah, I think exactly. in 10 years, yeah. you won't be allowed to say the 2020. Word 2020. We won't. Yeah, it's too painful. Yeah. The memories are too painful. <laughs> uh, you know, Truth Be Told is unlike any song that I've ever been allowed to put on the radio before. And when and I say that in that way intentionally because I think there's certain types of songs that usually get picked to be the radio single for certain reasons. Um uh, the message of them, uh the this particular song just comes at it from a different vantage point and it's one that I think is needed right now. I know it's where I'm at in my life is seeking I I've just been on a mission to be more honest about who I am and who I'm not and what I struggle with than ever before because I feel like as a Christian and as a Christian musician and as a preacher's kid and all those things being part of my story, those all those ingredients have been thrown together to create this ability in me to pretend and um, I don't think God can fully shine his light through somebody who's pretending not to have any brokenness. And that's something that's been a personal journey for me. A lot of that came from writing my last book. And I was just digging into who I am. It was a book about identity. It was inspired by Hello, My Name Is. And I started to dig into some of the identities I've worn and to dare to be honest in that. And it kind of took writing a book for me to really be willing to go to those places. But that's where Truth Be Told came from, is one of the chapters in that book talked about, hello, my name is Pretender, or hello, my name is Professional Christian, and the ability to look the part, but not be living the part. Why is it that my most passionate expression of my faith in God is when I'm on stage in front of an audience? 
And then I walk off stage and it's not like I'm living like hell on earth, but it's like I punch a clock almost. And it's like, wait a minute, God, where have I gone wrong here? And how can I be authentically flawed and let you shine through that? And so this song talks about that. And you know what? We got a world right now where there's a whole lot of people who are hurting and there's a whole lot of people who are made to feel like they can't let anybody know they're hurting. You know, whether it's with an addiction, whether it's an anxiety or a depression. And um, there's somebody very close to me in my life who has been having some bouts with anxiety. And whenever it happens, like there's this communication of like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you don't have to apologize. You're not, and, and you feel like a freak, but you're not the only one. Like we're all messed up and we all have stuff that we're wrestling with and we all have stuff that we can't fix on our own. And so really the heart of this song is like, hey, you can't fix you. That's the point. So stop pretending you've got it all together and, and it's okay. It's okay to, to not be fine. And that's what the lyric says. I say I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. I'm broken. And uh, the freedom that we have because of God's grace to let the truth be told and know that uh, that he's going to love us anyway. And those around us, you know, we can't be so afraid of what they're going to say about us because everybody else is scared too. Right. Cool. And let's, we've been en- ending these interviews, Matthew, with a little, a little something called Tickle in the Ivories. Um, where <laughs> okay. we mic you, there's a piano in the studio here. Right. We mic everybody up and we give you 30 seconds on the clock to do whatever you want. What This is not a, hey, do you play piano bit? This is a, if you don't play piano, that's awesome because it ends up being funnier. But like Matt Marr will show up and play Beethoven. Oh, he's incredible. But Zach Williams will go. Da, ding, da, ding, da. ding. So we'll take whatever you give us. Um, let me play this quick little jingle and then we'll go get mic'd up at the piano. Sounds great. Tickling the ivories. 30 seconds of uh, Tickling the Ivories with Matthew West. have a special bond even though he has tattoos and I do not every time I see that ink on his body I remember he's the edgiest and coolest friend I got oh oh JR's the coolest friend I got and he gets mad at a church softball game and blows his witness then I come to interview with him and remind him of God's grace. JR, JR, you're never very far. JR. Let's, let's pray. <laughs> That's Something like that? Unbelievable. That worked? You're the best. <laughs> that was great! So good. Tickling the All right, wrapping things up with Matthew West here. Um, just a reminder, the album came out on Valentine's Day featuring God Who Stays and, and more. 
that uh, I'm sure we'll be playing over the, the months to come. Any word on when you get to go back out, or is it just wait? It's it's wait and see. Every day I get an email that a show has been canceled due to uh, local governance. Yeah. Um, so I, I just got an email about a show in Huntington Beach that I was looking forward to for many reasons. Yeah canceled and it just the the hits keep coming so so yeah and we're supposed to do a tour with casting crowns this fall um that is still just kind of a game time decision so unfortunately man we're just kind of at a standstill holding pattern but i'm still writing a bunch of music i'm working on a new book and doing some exciting things so i'm still feeling like creatively fulfilled but i gotta say too man you said that i mean you've interviewed me one of what, yeah you know 15 20 we've done a lot of interviews yeah. together and you're one of the best there is so oh, it's you. it's so awesome that we get to kind of continue to have these conversations through yes. the years Always someday good. someday you won't call me someday you'll be like <laughs> you know what you keep making I've those hits enough. i think i've heard enough <laughs> but what you, what i know and this is job security i know that you'll call me because if you ever have another blow up at a softball game yeah. you're gonna need someone like me who comes in with a story that's even worse yeah right and be like you know what <laughs> If, if I get nothing else out of this interview with Matthew, he'll make me feel better because he's a bigger idiot than I am. My radio wingman. <laughs> That's it. I'm your wingman. I love you, man. One of my favorite Tickling the Ivories episodes right there. He uh, he could do that all day, blindfolded. All right, you can check out the show notes for all the things we talked about during this chat. And don't forget, hit the subscribe button. You'll be alerted anytime a new podcast goes up. Speaking of new podcast, next week, episode seven, with the American Idol top 10 finalist, Colton Dixon. He's a new dad. We're going to put him in front of the piano for Tickling the Ivories. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram for the latest on the podcast. Until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Put, 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 peace.